Welcome to In Season, where we explore the farms, gardens, and wild spaces of the lower Columbia Pacific region. I am your host, Teresa Retzloff, and with me today is Jessica Schleif, local gardener. Um, hey, Teresa. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> I always try to, I struggle with how to describe you because you're just kind of like this plant whisperer person in my mind. Well, I like that. Plant whisperer. I often describe myself as a horticulturalist that specializes in edible and habitat gardens. That's really Hand long. Hand tool gardener. I know that is really long. <laughs> it's really long. I'm just going to call you plant Horticulturist. Whisperer. <laughs> plant whisperer. Plant whisperer is good. So good. And you do. You work by hand a lot. You yeah. don't really use a lot of mechanized stuff. So it's really inspiring. And you've been gardening here on the North Coast region for a long time now. Yeah. How long 20 plus years. Yeah. I, think I, I think I landed in Astoria full time in 97. Wow. Yeah. So you've had enough seasons to kind of see that pattern and see how things go. And, and here we are. We're, we're deep into fall. It's mm-hmm. November. It's mid-November. It's hard to believe we're deep into fall with the temps it's and all this sun. It's been a very, very weird, yeah, I mean, it's been warm and sunny and crazy and strange and not a lot of rainfall. Mm-hmm. Um, cold. I've been having frost out at, at our farm yeah. in Olney. You frost a little earlier out we there, We do. Huh? We've definitely had some frost. I think more than in town. Yes. But it's, it feels like things are shifting. And we do have some weather moving in. This Thanksgiving week that I think is going to shift us back more to that rainy, windy weather that we're so used to. Seems normal, although this has been really nice. It's been beautiful, but spooky. Yeah, I know. Well, I knew you were talking to me earlier about one of the things that you've really been enjoying about this lovely clear weather is that this is a time of year when you do a lot of divisions of plants, a lot of digging things up and dividing them. And it's really nice to do that when it's not pouring down rain and mucky wet. Yes. I mean, fall time is a traditional like perennial division time. Many of the things that we choose and love to have in our gardens um, need some management, daylilies, irises, uh, ornamental Mm -hmm. grasses, Mm -hmm. um, making divisions, making those plants be half of what they were or a quarter of Mm -hmm. what they were often encourages a healthier plant. And yeah, my fall divisions this year with this soil that's slightly moist but not heavy. Yeah. I mean, it's dreamy. Yeah. It's dreamy. I'm sure I'll be doing some (laughs) muddy divisions. It's coming. Very soon. It's coming. I know. So talk about why why do we divide plants? Why? I'm sorry, that was my phone going off. I apologize. Oh, I didn't turn my, didn't turn it off. I apologize. Uh, You Um, know, there are a lot of different reasons for why we divide mm -hmm. plants. Um, sometimes it's for the perennial health. Um, mm-hmm. Do they start to die? Sometimes you have like those clumping plants where they die off in the middle. Sometimes you can have some die off in the middle. Um, sometimes that can be promoted by uh, harsh cutbacks also. Mm-hmm. Um, but but there are many perennials that uh, benefit from um, Being a divided. little love yeah. and care and, and saying, oh, let's let's rebirth you here into a smaller <laughs> plant and and lovely to be able to um, move plants within the mm-hmm. garden, creating swaths. Say you only bought one of those tango daylilies mm-hmm. out of the white flower farm catalog and you've just been awing over that amazing mm-hmm. orange giant blossom and it's been in the ground for two or three years. Now you can make more of those mm-hmm. and so not you... just have a dot of one, but have a swath of mm-hmm. one, you know, have five plants or three plants. Mm-hmm. Um, odd numbers are 
nice yeah. with the I've perennials. I've always been told that. I don't. It's it's interesting. That seems to be one of those rules in I landscaping. Know, bulbs and bulbs odd and plant, perennials. Odd numbers. Odd numbers. I think it's. Um, we're thinking that we're uh, mirroring nature. And nature is odd. Yes, and nature is <laughs> odd. <laughs> so, how do you know when it's time to divide a plant? Is it? Are you waiting for it to die back? I. You know that. Really, we can divide plants at any time, but this time of year, as it goes a little bit cooler, things are dying back, things are kind of going into their dormant season, it's a great time to it's do it. It's less stressful. It's less stressful. They have more time through the winter to get themselves situated. Mm-hmm. Um, springtime also, like with the ornamental grasses, I think springtime is better. Once they start putting on their growth, that is a great time to pop them out of the ground. And sometimes I use a saw or a hatchet um, mm-hmm. to, to pry those apart into multiple plants. Because um, sometimes those root balls or yes. depending on what it is yeah depending I'll on the dig size something up and think I have no idea how to divide this I yeah. like I can't figure out how to hack I, into you know, it I, I, at this point I have um because I do do hand tool pruning for the smaller scale uh trees and as I've changed out my blades I've I've made dirt saws so I now have these beautiful Japanese blades that are some seasons old and maybe not um I, I want a new fresh. A them, yeah. so I wouldn't prune a tree with them anymore. I want a new fresh blade. Um, but those older saws make great, um, great tool for the perennial divisions to be able to kind of look in there, see the crowns of the plant. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of tell you. They kind of tell you. The plant How tells they you divide. if you really look at the, the plant person and kind of ask them and, and say hi. And <laughs> and we're going to be making some more of you today. And good How job. How would you like to be divided? How would you like to be divided? Often they show you. They uh-huh. really do. You'll see the crowns. They, they're starting see. to split apart exactly. in certain ways. Yeah. Exactly. I feel like that sometimes with dahlias. Um, when I, I dig dahlias up this time of year. Um, so know, do you do you winterize all your dahlias? Do you bring I, them in? I don't bring them all in because we grow so many on mm-hmm. our farm. And so mostly the ones that I, I try to dig them up every other year um, because trying to dig them all up every year would be crazy. And especially the ones that I want to propagate. Uh-huh. Um, but what you find is if you leave a dahlia on the ground just year after year after year and never dig it up and divide it, they the, the tubers just get very um, – grown together and contorted like and twisted. Themselves. Yeah, and and they're um a lot of times certain ones will rot. Like the inner ones will uh-huh. kind of get get you know damaged and rot and so then you have these rotting pieces inside the clumps and then that can spread. Yes. Yeah. So it's just healthier overall for the plant to divide them. But so this is actually a good time of year to do that when the plants have died back, you cut them back and I've been told you um if you want to dig them up, you cut them back and then let them sit for a couple of weeks to kind of cure and then dig them up and kind of brush the dirt off, wash the dirt off, and then store them in something that has sort of airflow, so like a milk mm-hmm. crate or some kind of a carton. And dry. And dry, yeah. yeah. Some people pack them in sawdust. Um, or straw. To, or straw or something yeah. like that, but that can sometimes encourage yeah. Yeah, molding things or... and stuff like that. So I've, you know, I mean, and there's like the ideal circumstances and then like what I actually end up doing. <laughs> So, <laughs> as all of us gardeners know, so, we can't be perfect. No, so sometimes, um, you know, and I think it's the same thing with dividing perennials as well. There's like the, the ideal time to do it, the perfect circumstances, the great tool, and then there's like I just got to move this plant. Um, I, I laughed when you said that because I was thinking to myself, when is the ideal time? Because there's often times that I'll, you know, there mm-hmm. will be a season, and I'll tell myself, okay, this year you have mm-hmm. to divide these. It's been a you know couple yeah. of seasons. And sometimes that doesn't happen. Yeah. And then 
and you yeah. kind of look at them through the summer thinking, oh my gosh. And springtime divisions can still happen. Yeah. The plant just doesn't have as much time to get yeah. situated. I think probably the worst time to divide a plant or to move a plant in general is like when it's in midsummer. full, midsummer when it's full in full bloom. bloom. Yeah. Because all of its energy is out into its leaves and its flowers and it's drier then um, the roots are going to be much more yeah. stressed if it's moved then and so this really is a good time to think about it and it's a great time I feel like you know as the plants die back and the trees lose their leaves you can start to really see the structure mm-hmm. of your garden more without all the kind of distractions of the flowers and the showy stuff and you can really see like you know oh is there an area that I'd like to develop you know maybe I should put down some cardboard and some mulch on top of that and let that start to break down over the winter you know you know do I want to move these plants is this area too crowded? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another when you when you ask for reasons for divisions. As a plant collector, and <laughs> as somebody that collects plants for other gardens, you have also, a problem. and <laughs> I, I do have a problem, but it's a crop problem <laughs> that creates beauty <laughs> and texture that's and true. environments <laughs> and um, yeah. Uh, some of it is about trying to fit in lots of plant people together and so so, some of um my impetus for divisions can be to make lots of people fit together so some people Mm -hmm. can't get as big as they might yeah normally get yeah some of those guys will just take over if you leave them and um even if it's a plant you love it can be kind of a big bully in the garden it's true and that they can be bullies in different ways Mm -hmm. um they can be bullies by reseeding themselves or they can be bullies by running or or Mm -hmm. other things that i don't mind or things that just chunk out gently Mm -hmm. but occasionally there's some euphorbias or some different ground covers that can really run and like you're saying become bullies i try to identify those bullies the ones that really don't make it worth it yeah you just have to fight with them too much. Yeah. And those might get sent to the back 40. Yeah. Or we might employ the transcendentalism number and take them to the compost pile. Yeah. Um, but but sometimes it's worth it. Some of those self-sowers that are easy to pull, mm-hmm. um, there, there's there's plant bullies that I will deal with just because I feel like the plant is so worth it. Yeah. But then you're going to have to go ahead and yeah. pull out the extras. Well, and it's a great time to talk to friends, too, about their gardens. And if, if someone's, you know, and also if you admire a plant in someone else's yes. garden, this is a really great time of year to go, hey, are you dividing that mm-hmm. fabulous thing that I admire so much? You know, and if you are, would you mind sharing some with me? Yeah. It's really fun to share plants with other people. I think and that. And move oh, them around. Yeah. And again, it's like, this is a plant. If you have a plant that does really well in our area, area, you know, or in your neighborhood, you know, sharing it with other people is a, you know, it's a really lovely thing to do. I know. I love that concept. Like the, um, I don't know, my grandmother would uh, share slips, take mm-hmm. a little slip off something, a yeah. fuchsia or, or yeah. some other little plant in the garden, uh, take a slip for her girlfriend down the street. Yeah. I, I think that that's another beautiful way that gardens can form community. Mm-hmm. And I, I know when I'm going into my own garden or other gardens that I care for, I often think of the stories mm-hmm. of the plants. And I can think, oh, that primula, that came from Darlene's story yeah. 17 years ago, yeah. one little primula, and now it's in five different gardens. Yeah, or... and There is something beautiful about that connection. I love I've been wanting to plant... 
a fuchsia on on the farm um, for a while now. It's kind of a memorial to my dad because yeah. I really wanted something that um, hummingbirds would come to because he loved hummingbirds. And just the other day, we were talking about it, and our friend Jane was saying, "Well, I've got this hardy fuchsia that blooms, you know, all winter long, and hummingbirds love it." I'm like, "Oh, I mean, that, it would mean so much more to me yes. if the fuchsia comes from Jane's garden, yes. and then I plant it." there because I'll know not only is it something for my dad but it's something that came from a friend it weaves the richer tapestry I know and the stories so, yeah. that we can hear out in the garden yeah. yeah not that I in any way want to imply that I don't still go to nurseries and buy plants yes exactly exactly because <laughs> I totally do and it's always so dangerous oh when the when the master gardener plant sale comes around and it's just oh man there's always so many tempting things there and I'm just like oh I want one of those and I need some of that and yeah. the seed catalogs show up and it's just crazy and the bulb catalogs. oh the bulbs too yeah because this is a great time this of is year. a great time for the for the bulb the, it's a spring blooming bulb so it'd be things like you know daffodil narcissus tulips um alliums is this when you plant peonies or peonies in the spring you could plant peonies either you could plant them here in the fall or you could plant them in the spring okay either Yeah, yeah i know i i know i'm late with ordering or getting things, but often you get some smoking deals if yeah. you procrastinate and, long enough. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think so often we do that thing where we think, oh, well, it's November or whatever, and it's too late for the bulbs, and mm-hmm. go for it. Just go for it. I got to say, I only, we only, and when I say I, I mean our friend Amy, who's been helping out on the farm, only just got the garlic planted last week yeah i think the two, two weeks ago in these yeah. last week or so and that's pretty late for this area i usually try to have it in the ground in october but you know last year i got the garlic planted in november and it I, did just fine exactly exactly yeah. and I, i've had that same experience and i also just planted my garlic thanks to you yeah. and some nice garlic seed from you and some yeah. other folks and and garlic that I saved, mm-hmm. um, and they're I've, in there. Yeah, I've they're spoken to there. people. They're going to do fine. I, I was speaking to a gentleman out in Olney who was like talking about planting his garlic in January. Yeah, he's like, I, it's starting to sprout, but I'm just going to put it in the ground, and and it did fine. You know, so I think sometimes, or sometimes you'll do that and it won't work, and you're like, okay, well that was too late. Yeah, but that's also how you learn the parameters of your garden, your microclimate, whatever, what works for you. And I'm I'm not a big fan of those hard and fast rules. Exactly. I mean, that is the optimal time. Yeah. Um, we all know that the optimal time sometimes isn't the time that we get to it. Absolutely. And, uh, often with the bulbs, I've had bulbs that I have planted so late that have been forgotten. Yeah. Or, you know, oh, yeah. oh hi. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Are you <laughs> even still alive? Yeah. Um, Later bloom times, like with lilies, planting them really late. Maybe you won't get a bloom the first year. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll get smaller, mm-hmm. smaller greenery or smaller mm-hmm. blossoms or later blossoms, but they'll catch up the next season. Yeah, it's yeah. not it's not wasted at it's all. It's not wasted. I know. Hey, so if you are just joining us, you are listening to Coast Community Radio and uh, KMUN Astoria, 91.9 FM, KTCB Tillamook, 89.5 FM, and streaming at coastradio.org, and you're listening to In Season, and today I am talking with Jessica Schleif, plant whisperer <laughs> for the lower Columbia Pacific region. Plant whisperer and farmer, and, Teresa Retzlaff. Yeah, we're, we're having a great talk about fall and dividing plants, kind of, you know, planting bulbs, things you do this time of year. And um, one of the things that we were talking about before the show is um, kind of mulching and composting, because that's also a really good thing to do right now is protecting the soil. You know, I will 
to say that, that cover crop is still being sown on our farm right now, so I would also say it's not too late to do that. But if you can't do that or it just, you know, you just need to mulch your soil, I mean, this is a great time to do it, especially right before the rain, heavy rain start to hit, because you don't want your soil to wash away. It's true, and uh, and that, I mean... Mm-hmm. I think any gardener, once you start to put some time into the garden, you realize that your soil structure is your number one mm-hmm. best friend or worst enemy. Yep. <laughs> and improving that soil structure mm-hmm. can be as simple as yeah. mulching. Yeah. Mulching repeatedly two, three times a year. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mulching not just with compost, but um Things that I've employed in the past that are freebies. Mm -hmm. If you have an area that you need to conquer or quite a bit of area in between the plants, um, spent grain from the brewery processes Mm -hmm. can be an amazing top dressing. Mm -hmm. And soil conditioner works into the soil and those little hulls bring air down as Mm -hmm. the, and the worms up. Leaves. leaves, not all leaves, no, but maple t- leaves. Easier to break mm-hmm. down things. Maple is kind of one of yeah. my favorite. Well, and there are some patches of like big leaf maples in our area where, I mean, essentially it's, I mean, people are, you know, raking them up and trying to get rid of them or they're falling in the yeah. street. And I've been prone to um, stopping by the post office when they bag up those <laughs> leaves and just popping them into my truck, <laughs> saving them a little time. But that, I mean, that's another great thing to do. I was like, you, maybe there's somebody on your street that has yeah, a, tr- I've done a it. tree that's yeah. just like generating so much and you can just go and offer to rake their leaves up into a bag and you've got some amazing mulch. Um, but as you said, not all no, you want to trees. See, yeah. And so there's certain ones you want to avoid. I know walnuts are one. Walnuts are one. Um, the things that have tannins, I'm trying to think of the other, pin oaks aren't super hot. Mm-hmm. Um, even sometimes the big leaf maples can take a while to break down. Mm-hmm. I've seen people use their lawnmowers mm-hmm. with the leaves. And run them over the leaves. And just run them over the leaves, like kind of set up a little uh, mm-hmm. leaf shredding station. Mm-hmm. and um, To break them down. And, and super simple mm-hmm. um, and to break them down. But even not breaking them down you can still eventually they will break down eventually they will break down Uh, especially the japanese maples that is a beautiful leaf and i know in many of my gardens back in the beginning i would rake up and i would want everything to be so tidy and i'd rake up the leaves and take them away to the compost pile honestly at this point in time many of those gardens i'm just raking the leaves right into the beds yeah and then I might um, go in there and, yeah. and sift the crowns of the plants out or make mm-hmm. sure that they're not completely covering sedums or saxifrage or sweet little ground covers or mm-hmm. some of the mosses that I like. Um, but that provides such an amazing mulch layer that then is breaking down through the winter in the same way that the trees do that for themselves, where they let go of the leaves when the spring comes and the, the temps um, warm up then those leaves are finished their breakdown cycle and that that food is then available to the tree mm-hmm. it's a cycle that works in nature that we can take advantage yeah. of yeah well it's gardens. strange that we interrupt it by raking all the leaves away and then coming back and fertilizing the plant <sighs> or yeah. putting out compost and it's like why don't you just let, I mean the plant is it's constructed to fertilize itself yeah in some ways and we've just been conditioned to think that it's not tidy you know another thing and i i i think i i remember speaking about this earlier this year um Another reason to leave leaves and leave some garden debris is because there's a lot of insects that overwinter yes, yeah. 
in those habitats. They, they burrow into the ground and they, that's where they are living over the ground. And so when you really sweep everything up and, you know, cut your grass way back and sterilize your garden in that sense, you're destroying a lot of the habitat yeah. for those overwintering like bees that live in yeah, the, the ground. ground bees. And, and remember us talking about that, yeah. the ground bees that really need sections in the garden that are neglected, neglected and not disturbed so yeah. much. Yeah. And even the word neglect, I mean, it seems like a negative word. Benign but neglect. Benign neglect. But I, I think that there's something beautiful about setting aside part of your garden to just be like a little wild corner that allows that habitat to exist in your space. Because, I mean, insects need all the help they can get right now, especially our native bees. It's true. And I think we talked about that earlier in the season. Um, mm-hmm. When you really start thinking about your garden as habitat and you start thinking about the pollinators and the birds and the people that are coming into our gardens to take advantage of all this Mm-hmm. beauty and habitat that's there. Once you really start thinking about mm-hmm. them, your ideas of beauty change. Oh, yeah. I mean, leaving the, the stalks of flowers with the seed heads yeah. still on them, knowing that the birds are going to be coming along and eating that no. or using some of that stuff for, for nesting. I remember, um, gosh, years ago, seeing a photograph that um, Neil Maine down at North Coast Land Conservancy mm-hmm. took, and mm-hmm. it was a Oh, it was like a marsh wren, I think, on a cat. Cat tail. No, no, it was a hummingbird pulling the cattail oh, apart. Oh, yes. That's yeah. what it was. It was a hummingbird pulling the cat, the old cattail, yeah. apart for like material Nesting. for its nest, and probably little seeds in there. Yeah, too. and just looking at that and thinking, oh my goodness, that's like I never even thought about that stuff as. Yeah, where are you getting that material to make your nest out of? Where, how are you feeding yourself over the winter? Yeah. And if we cut everything back and throw it away, you know, how do all those creatures feed themselves? I've had some experiences um, in my early days of gardening uh, with the ornamental grasses. I would feel this need to take them down mm-hmm. pre kind of maybe this time of year, and and. Um, I'm really, really after looking out a window in the beginning of the winter Mm -hmm. and seeing birds eating those ornamental grass seeds Mm -hmm. and using those stalks to get up higher in the garden to take a look at things and sing a song. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate being able to look out the window and see things like that and knowing that I'm providing that Mm -hmm. habitat for them. Plus less work. Plus less work. (laughs) And then in the spring when you take down your ornamental grasses Mm -hmm. and leave about a foot of them up for the taller grasses Mm -hmm. and many of the smaller grasses were just pulling out the Mm -hmm. old dead Mm -hmm. material, um, then that is great mulch too for the backs of borders, those areas that Mm -hmm. maybe aren't planted, pathway areas. Uh, Those ornamental grass stalks are beautiful just to lay down and let mulch into the soil. I would say probably the only things I wouldn't use is mulch well aside from like the leaves like you know like we were talking about the the um, walnut, walnut leaves that have like they have tannins and, and the and the reasoning is that those tannins are um is it allopathic is that the word i'm not very good with with latin and fancy sure. words I'm but there's sure. something basically it's like that has um it's a resistance chemicals in it yeah, that like that make it, that kill other plants yes exactly so that things can't sprout yeah and, and honestly i think laurel kind yeah. of has that too yeah, yeah. so it, it's a way i mean if you want to clear an area <laughs> that's great that's a good thing to mulch with but if you don't that's that's not something that you want to use as a as a ground cover mulch but most other organic matter you know eventually it will break down it may take a really long time if it's woody material but eventually it's going to break down yeah i mean i have used some of the 
largest scale chip that I've gotten mm-hmm. for free from the arborist to mulch areas. Mm-hmm. It takes longer to break down, but you can also then layer uh, a composted hemlock bark or uh, mm-hmm. um, turbo grow or mm-hmm. compost or your homemade mm-hmm. compost on top of that chip. It'll break down faster. Mm-hmm. But that is invaluable for giving yourself that loose soil structure where if you have real weed problems like sorrel or crabgrass in mm-hmm. a bed, if you do that smother yeah. mulching for multiple seasons, you're going to be able to get those root systems out. Absolutely. They're either going to be way easier to pull or they're just eventually going to wear out. Yeah. If you so, just keep yeah, covering, keep them. covering <laughs> it, you know, I don't know about with Morning Glory, but I'm determined to try it in some areas, too. Yeah. I mean, that's a hard one. Fifteen months, no green growth to be able to kill that plant under the ground. Fifteen months, no green growth. I don't want to hear that. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I. But it's true. It's totally true. It is true. I know. It's, but you can beat it yeah. back. I know mm-hmm. on the farm we did that with yeah. some. Um, yeah. Smothering. Smothering. Heavy cardboard. Mm-hmm. Metal on top of it. Yeah. Chip on top of that. And then we'll get in there and look next season. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I think it's just there, there's things you can do now that are going to make spring easier for yourself and that are are, you know, ways of enjoying this season. So, I mean, rain's coming. It's going to get muddy. Yeah. Make sure you got a good pair of boots and some good rain gear. Make sure you got your mulch on your soil so you don't lose your soil structure in the rainforest for the winter. Absolutely. And then just, you know, have a great autumn. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be great. I know you've got a lot more plants to divide. Some I, bulbs to plant. A lot I'm, of bulbs I'm to plant. off right after I, this. I up know. To the, up it, to the Jerome Garden. <laughs> it's going to be great. But, uh, you know, I hope that everyone is is having a good fall and has a great Thanksgiving. And um, just get out there and enjoy how beautiful it is, this yeah. area we live in. Yeah. It's so amazing. And, uh, and this is such a beautiful time of year. It really is. Even and when it's raining. It's I feel true. like there's just like it's something to savor going inside and having a hot cup of tea. And hopefully sitting next to your wood stove if you've got one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And and when the when the sun breaks, getting out there into nature and sometimes those hikes that we take, those strolls through public green spaces mm-hmm. in or just in your neighborhood or in just in your neighborhood can provide a lot of inspiration for how you'd like to order your garden or things yeah. that you might want. You know? Yeah, I know. It's 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 a it's a beautiful time of year. I know. I look forward to getting out there and getting a little bit muddy myself today, too. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Jessica. It's been so great. And I know we're going to do a lot more of this in the future. So I'm so great. It's grateful to have you to share um, stories and talk about plants with. It is always a special treat to talk about the gardens. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And thank you so much, Joanne, for engineering for us. And uh, um, stay tuned for weather. It sounds like there's a little bit of rain and wind coming in, but um, nothing that we don't usually get this time of year. So thanks a lot, and we'll see you next time.